Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Running isn't a game of perfect. We get the shoes on, we get out the door. At times, that's the biggest hurdle. But once you're in a routine, bad habits form quickly. It doesn't matter if you're Sonia O'Sullivan with a rake of gold medals in your back pocket or Tommy O'Sullivan in Clonmel with nothing but Junior C hurling in your locker. Those mistakes can trip you up, making running harder than it needs to be or worst case scenario, stop you from running at all. Well, today on An Irishman Running Abroad with Sonia O'Sullivan, we talk about the mistakes we're all inclined to make, the ones we might not know that we're making. And later on, we talk to the brilliant coach, Trevor Cummins. That's right. Train with Trevor is here to talk about what he's seeing with his clients, myself and Sonia included. And we'll also have your emails, Sonia's tip of the week and the announcement of our next running event. First, let's catch up with Sonia in America, where she's currently helping US Olympic hopefuls prepare for the Olympic trials. Sonia, a lot of uncertainty or chat in the media here around whether the Games will go ahead. Still, I read a figure that said that 70% of people in Tokyo don't want the Games to take place. Are you hearing any of that? Does that even come into any sort of the discussions that you are hearing over there? No, we, we never even mention it. It's amazing. I think, you know, in, in an athlete world, they just get on with things. And I suppose the thing is, the kind of athletes, they've decided, I suppose after last year, athletes have decided that, well, if they're on, we'll be ready to compete. And if they're not on, then mm. we'll be competing somewhere else. So we, we need to be ready regardless. This is our life. This is what we do. And, you know, there's no point sitting back and waiting or talking about it, because if you talk about it, you're only going to stress yourself about it and worry about it. Sure. And I think as coaches, then you, you sense that feeling that people have that they don't really want to enter that discussion. They've had it too many times before last year. Um, and now that the games are going ahead, as everybody thinks, or, you know, that's that's the plan, hmm. then we have to go with it. Yeah. And, you know, whether they do or they don't, there's going to be a lot of fit athletes running around the planet <laughs> looking for something to do. And at the moment, the big goal is to, you know, be ready for Tokyo. I know there's a few Australian athletes have left Australia already and they're gone to Europe. They're going to run in Gateshead next weekend and a few other races. So they'll be traveling to Tokyo from Europe and they won't be going with the team. So, you know, there's decisions like that. You know, it's, what are we in, May now? So nearly up to June. So June, yeah, it's only two months away now. Wow. So it's not that far away. You just have to keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fascinating. I'll be honest with you. I, I just assumed that you guys even as coaches would be talking about but that does make sense I mean it's kind of out of your hands like I'm sure some people are coming under pressure from family members similarly to be home for certain things and you know to a large extent we've all gotten pretty good at going well I'm not the boss I mean I don't make the decisions over whether I can travel and the things that I can do and in so many ways I've kind of loved that sense of being present and not being so focused on what's next in so many ways that's how this podcast came about that we were like well we are where we are let's 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 do the exercise that we can do and that was why I kind of introduced this at the top of the show because while you were amazing at getting people to just get out the door sometimes that can be one of the biggest mistakes that people make is when I threw this into the 
Strava group, one of the ones that that really I recognized as a mistake that I consistently used to make was getting out. And even though I knew I should warm up, I wouldn't. I, I would just be like, well, I got to get going now. I'm going to treat this first kilometer as a warm up, which isn't technically warming up. Would you have identified mistakes that you knew you were making, but just just consistently kept making them? And what were those mistakes? I think we all make mistakes. And the one thing is like that more is better is a huge mistake. More is better. So the more you can do and the faster you can do it is better. Mm. And it takes a long time before you realize that actually less is better and slower is better. And there's a time and a place for running fast and there's a time and a place for running far. And I think that's the biggest mistake is that people, they don't want to listen. Like if you tell someone to slow down, they do not listen. I can remember being at the track in Kings Meadow, just outside Kingston upon Thames and running around the track. And my coach, Alan Story, up the time at the time, and he's standing on the edge of the track. And the words he said the most were slow down. You're going too fast. Slow down. <laughs> and you'd be feeling fantastic and you're thinking, but I feel good. <laughs> yeah, but you won't feel good in you know half an hour's time <laughs> when you've done about 50 of these efforts. Why um, is that such a hard one so, for us to take in, though, Sonia? Because, again, that came up in the Strava group. Again, strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman Abroad is our group. It's a free group. Everyone enters and we put up the question. And again, that came up. Again, the the overexcitement and just this reluctance to slow down. Why is that so hard to take in, even for you as an elite athlete at that level? What is it? It must be something with the brain that thinks that, you know, you have to get positive feedback all the time. And I think, you know, you can't always be running your fastest. Like I can remember one time, I was in Teddington in London and um, I was meeting up with this person to go for a run. He was older than me at the time. It was someone who had come down for business in the in the office, in my manager's office. And we'd arranged to go for a run. And straight out the door, he was absolutely legging it. And I was like, I was dying. So I, I was after having a rest and I was just getting back training again. I'm thinking, I can't believe this. He's going so fast. And then eventually... You know, so I had to keep up because you're talking and eventually, you know, the, the pace calms down and then it's grand. But, you know, you've kind of wrecked the run because you've caused so much stress at the beginning of the run. Mm. So about four weeks later, he came back for a run and I was ready for him this time. <laughs> all geared up for a fast start. And he wasn't going that fast at all. I was probably just not as fit or as ready at the time or maybe I just wasn't mentally ready for the fast start. But when you're when you know it's going to happen and you're ready for it, then you just kind of slot in and it's much easier. And you kind of think, well, I've either gotten fitter or I've just worked out how to manage this better hmm. and more prepared for it. So if you're running by yourself, you don't always have things to compare if you're running too fast or too slow. You know, your watch is giving you information, but that's all relative to, you know, what you think, not what other people are doing. Right. So slowing down and getting on top of your pace and breaking that kind of, I think it's, I think, as you said, it's it's just an, in our DNA. Maybe it's in our evolution that running faster is, is the thing to do. And it doesn't matter what level of running you're at. But if you can break that, you can explore new benefits. We've talked about that a few times. I wondered if there was anyone or anywhere along the line who'd pulled you and given you new information around your running that you hadn't heard before and that you weren't aware of. I'm talking about stuff like you're carrying your hips like this or you're not relaxing your shoulders. And I think sometimes we're all certainly us amateur runners are thinking there must be something that I'm doing wrong. Did you ever have a moment like that where someone said, try tilting this way or that? Or are these just conversations that you had with yourself? You know, I never had anyone, I suppose, pull me aside and say, listen, you're doing that all wrong. You've got to change. And but, you know, people would make a comment every now and then. And, you know, when I was younger, when I was running, if I started a big sprint at the end of the race, my I think it was my right hand would go all floppy. You know, it would kind of lose all form and everything. And people would say to me, 
you'd get your form right, you'd go better. But it was just one of those natural things that, you know, when all hell was breaking loose and <laughs> you were just <laughs> giving it all you got, you know, there's no control there. You're just going for it. And you, you can't think about those things. And, you know, for me, you know, every now and then someone might say something and I think about it or, you know, say, oh, you could run with a stick in your hand or something. But then as soon as we get to the end of the race, I'd forget about it. And inevitably that hand would go all floppy and it did get a bit better as years went on. But I never really thought about it too much. And mm. I think it was just more thing from running more and, you know, just getting better at running that mm. it got stronger. And, you know, it, it was never a problem, but it's just people start to pick apart things when they're looking for stuff and always there. And, yeah. you know, I think that's one of the things is that we all think about things too much and we're looking for answers and questioning different things because we think there's got to be something that's going to make me a little bit better. There's got to be something that's going to make this a bit easier and it'll feel easier to, to run faster. And it's this whole thing is always about running faster. <laughs> it's an obsession that people have. And of course, it's down to the, the feedback and the, the timing that you get at the end of a race is that you want to have that positive feedback. So every time you go out there, you want to feel better. And sometimes the only way is if you get beat that PB by one second. Yeah, I mean, this this kind of leads me on to kind of the fundamental core of our conversations is that, you know, from your perspective, you are coming to running as a lifelong runner, someone who from a very early age knew I had this ability, elevated yourself to the standard of champion of Ireland, early doors, find yourself at university in America. And, you know, the the arc is quite clear you're in the elite in the world. So when you speak to us as amateur plodders or shufflers or whatever you want to call us, whatever your level is when you're listening to this, you are kind of translating in the way A.P. McCoy might explain riding horses to kids. <laughs> I mean, you know, your understanding of what this activity is is largely different to ours, but so in so many ways, the very same. The reason why I'm saying this is you must at times when you're talking to amateurs uh, have to dumb it down, but also you must see the same mistakes with amateurs and weekend warriors. You must see the same stuff. What ones stand out when I bring this up? What ones do you find yourself saying time and time again to people you see out and about or people who come to you for advice? Well, definitely the slowing down is number one. And then I think the other one is the lowering of expectations. When they're partway through doing something and they're not kind of on target to hit that expectation, they think about it too much and they get stressed about it. And mm. then you can't even run properly. So your whole kind of day is ruined. And I think that's the thing is a lot of people, they set out these massive lofty goals and targets and then they kind of think, well, if I have to do that, I have to work really hard. But you don't. You just have to work consistently. You need to always be improving, always be progressing, and you'll eventually get there. But mm. there's small steps along the way. and People try to skip too many steps and they want to get there too quick. Like when somebody decides to do a marathon, the number one thing they should be thinking is finishing the marathon and just getting themselves to the finish line. And to prepare as best they can to get there in the best state they can. But that doesn't mean getting there as fast as you can. Mm. And that's, you know, how I often thought about when I was training really hard, even though we're not supposed to be talking about training really hard, <laughs> training at a high level mm -hmm. and running 100 miles a week. You know, the, the easy thing would be to think, oh, right, I'm going to run 120 miles next week. But I somehow managed to get a good understanding of what I was doing and like, okay, I'm running 100 miles a week, but now I've got to get better at running 100 miles a week. I and it should you. be easy to me. It should come natural to me. And that's the whole thing is you have to break it down so that it actually just becomes part of what you are doing and you don't have to think about it then. Yeah. You just so, do it. It's so, it's, you so, it. it's so funny because I'm sure that there's going to be loads of listeners going, 
that's it. That's what I, that's what I've been doing wrong. <laughs> and sometimes, and I know we're going to talk to Trevor about this in a bit, that we are all kind of scrambling around in the dark, assuming we're doing things wrong. And this doesn't just end at running. I mean, this is an inferiority complex that a lot of people will carry with them through most of their endeavours that I should be more successful at the things that I'm doing if I could somehow get access to the cheat codes or the right information and guidance, I could be. When in fact, what you're doing is probably fine. You just need to get better at those things. Does that make any sense? I think always looking around at other people, you're doing some hills because Johnny's doing some hills and you're doing some fast running because, you know, your neighbour is out there doing, like different people you talk to tell you different things you're taking in all this information but it's all jumbled up inside you and you're trying to do everything and before you know it you're overloaded and there's no balance in what you're doing these are all the magic weapons that people have and the more you have the better you'll be but that's not true at all you can take all these things and write them all down and maybe include them in your week or your month at certain times but you need to find the balance because you can't do everything in one week. Yeah, I mean, that's like we're having some line issues just for the listener. We are having some. It's pretty unusual for us to have these. Sonia's recorded episodes with me the four corners of the world at this stage from <laughs> Cove to uh, is this the worst Melbourne. <laughs> this is probably our most challenging episode and we need to note that for the listeners. But I think we all got what you're saying there that you know, this kind of pick a mix attitude that we take to our training is, again, something that we can all break and just kind of get a much more Weetabix <laughs> attitude to it. That, it, <laughs> you know, this is solid. This works. I can spice it up with a little bit of cinnamon every now and then. But really, this is my solid, my builded blocks for how I can get to where I want to go. Let's go to a couple of the Strava replies we had. So on Strava, I put up what are the mistakes that you make most commonly? And I said that we might talk about a couple of them with you. David Kelly says knowing when to stop running because you're injured rather than pushing on because you think it's just a niggle. Now, David, I don't know if this one is directed at me, but this is literally what I did. For listeners that are only catching up, I ran through some pain for a good amount of time. And either I have a stress fracture or a stress reaction. We're still not 100% sure on it. But I've lived through this. And surely you have too, Sonia, this, this kind of... I guess it's the tough guy attitude of, oh, I'll, I'll be fine. No pain, no gain. Did you ever have a period in in your career where it was like learning that the hard way? Oh, plenty of times. Yeah, I ran through a lot of stress fractures and stress reactions and I have the result of it in funny little lumps in my feet and uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably other parts of my body. You can't see it as much, but I definitely have a thing in my feet where it's, you know, now I get reminded of it because certain shoes I can't wear. Mm. And it's because I ran through, you know, a bone injury. And then there was a, enough calcium deposits that it creates this kind of growth of extra bone to protect you when yeah. you're running all this time. And, um, you know, it was just those things that it's OK, I can get through this and nothing will stop you. And it's like you can freeze your brain or something that it stops the pain receptors coming in there and you just keep on running. You know, what David's saying, what you're saying relates to another comment that's up here from Ashling C in the Strava group. She mentions controlling that negative inner voice. Now, again, this can relate to something that we talked about earlier in the series, which was about the kind of kindness taking the kinder approach. And again, it relates to what you're talking about, where you're not beating yourself up about, oh, Johnny's running this and looking at others. You must have also had periods where you couldn't get on top of that nagging voice that tuts at you when you're doing your best. 
did you ever get to a point or did you ever understand, Sonia, how to get on top of that inner voice other than telling it to shut up? I think it depends on where you're at and how you're feeling. And so sometimes you hear it louder than others. It depends on, you know, the day and how you're feeling and I suppose how content you are with yourself, that you don't allow things interfere with then you kind of invite these negative voices in and it's much harder to block them out. But I think, you know, you, if you're confident and strong and you have a belief in yourself, then it, it's much easier. But you just build it up in yourself and you just, I suppose it's a lot of self-talk and convincing. And, you know, if you do have a coach, then they can reinforce those thoughts and belief in yourself. And, you know, when you are about to do something, you think about, you know, the work that you hear. And, you know, the one thing that everybody says is that, you know, if you're starting to have any fears and doubts, you have to remind yourself that you actually want to do this and you've prepared yourself to do this. So don't throw it away now, you know, at that last moment when, you know, all of a sudden you're kind of questioning, can I really do this? And, you know, and then I think people, is there's so much goes on in your head that you have to, and, you know, your head's only as small as your body <laughs> and it takes over. You have to look at all the physical activities that you've done, all the great sessions that you've got through and just know that, you know, it doesn't matter. You're you want to do this and you just have to go out there and, you know, put those things aside. And it's always those last moments when you're lining up for a race. And, you know, if if, if the start takes too long, like the starter, he's fiddling around and, you know, he's taking longer than he should then all of a sudden you get even more nervous. You just want him to say, okay, on your marks, it's set, go. And there's no pause or moment for thought in there. So that's the thing is I think you have to have your days planned out so that you don't get the chance to think about things too much. And the other thing is to be busy all the time. You can't be sitting around waiting for races or training. Like we all have busy lives and that's no problem. And sometimes people think, oh, I'm so busy. I'm always running around the place. But that's not a bad thing because... It just means that, you know, you're not thinking too much what might happen. Mm. Uh, we're going to bring in our guest now, Trevor Cummins or Train with Trevor, as you probably know from Sonia mentioning him on here. He, he is a marathoner himself. He's a personal trainer helping people of all abilities and activity levels achieve their best fitness and their performance. And Trevor has worked with a whole host of legends, including Sonia. So we thought we'd have him on first to talk about the mistakes he is seeing with people and, you know, what kind of work he's doing with me now that he's helping me. Trevor, it is brilliant to have you on the podcast. People will have no idea the nightmare we've had with the sound this week, but it's so good to have you here. You and Sonia go way back. Sonia, maybe you can explain exactly how you guys know each other. Or is it just a cove thing? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just I think we're both from Cove. And, um, you know, that's the thing. If you're from Cove, then you have a connection automatically. And um, like I didn't really know Trevor when I was growing up. I was probably going off to America when he would have been hitting the town. And um, <laughs> I believe he hit the town pretty good. But it was more when Trevor decided to, you know, get fit and um, start running and learn more about training uh, that we got to know each other a bit more. Trevor got in touch with me and was asking me some advice on running. And then I realized that Trevor was actually knowledgeable in the gym so we connected up in the in the local gym yeah and then eventually we managed to get out and go for a few runs together um, particularly last summer when uh, when I was home for quite a while so um yeah no it's been great to see Trevor's growth as an athlete from a non-runner to a you know a, a good marathon runner he's actually chasing my personal best marathon time these days I think so you know great to see how when someone puts in the time and effort you know the, the results that they can get yeah i mean that like uh trev i've obviously read up a bit about you and looked at you know the yeah the support you have online and in terms of your following on social media it, you clearly come from the same perspective as me in that you know what it is <laughs> not to be fit for a portion of your life. How much does that help you when you are then attempting to advise people 
on what they should and shouldn't do in terms of their running training. Yeah, absolutely, Jared. So uh, thanks very much uh, for having me on, firstly. A great opportunity to, to chat to yourself and Sonia. As you rightly say, you know, I suppose having a good understanding of everybody's starting point and the fact that we're all starting from different levels of experience and activity is really good. And I guess from from my previous life, as Sonia has alluded to there, I wouldn't have been always as active as I am now. And um, I guess having, having a bit of empathy towards people that might be coming from that side of the fence is definitely a good thing, you know. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, people can hear the uh, hailstones probably battering my window at the moment. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of... I was wondering what that was. It is... <laughs> It is bucketing it down. In the UK at the moment, we're having the the classic Irish May. <laughs> and uh, it's actually made some of the recovery from my injury quite tricky. But I, I've had great advice from both of you. And Sonia, you've you know linked me up with Trevor with a view to having Trevor appear regularly on the podcast with tipping in and out with advice for people on different areas that we move into. Today, Trevor, we're talking about mistakes. Now, you were very keen not to come on and be the aardvosh. They're coming in going, let's, you're doing it all wrong. (laughs) But I did want to have you on, though, to talk about what you're seeing with your clients that is maybe a mistake that a lot of people are making that they're not talking about and that maybe our listeners could do with hearing today. What would that mistake or group of mistakes be, in your opinion? I think, firstly, you know, the the uptake again in running over the last probably 12 months or so has has skyrocketed with the with the pandemic and the fact that exercising outdoors was becoming more of a necessity for people. Running has been the obvious um, avenue that people have moved towards. So there's lots of positives with that. Participation levels are up. People are fairly motivated because they're maybe taking on a new challenge, a new sport. But I suppose it's 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 there then that hopefully we can offer a bit of guidance and coaches and you know um, people with a little bit more experience can can point people in the right direction. You know, and I suppose the um, the fact that you know starting out from where you are now and building slowly with a with a view to I suppose sustaining your enjoyment of the sport is key. Uh, where 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 a lot of people, I guess they. They get the feel-good factor that running works and they just want to do more of it and they want to go harder and they want to go further um, and faster. And quite often, I suppose, while, while it's great that people have that ambition and that energy towards improving themselves, it's often only one step away from maybe injury, illness, or maybe just a, a lack of, of motivation that comes about because it's not quite simply sustainable to go further and faster every day or every week that you're training. So you're echoing a lot of what Sonia said in the first section of the show, which is this thing of always believing that further and faster is best. And, you know, in so many ways, that's the story of how I've got to where I am, that I just took a notion that I'm running X uh, amount of kilometres a week. I need to up that. And what Sonia articulated really well in the first section was that what she and I both have had to internalise is that running that same distance better, it may be a better goal. When you sat me down this week to talk about how I return from injury, I was amazed that one of the first places you started with was my shoulders. Now, I'd never even thought about my shoulders when it came to running. But you made two really good points straight away and kind of confirmed for me why we need you on this podcast. And that was your kind of holistic understanding of, Jar, you're putting out four episodes of a podcast a week. You are hunched over that desk and your shoulders are going to pay the price for that. Again, my question to you is, Is that something that you're seeing time and time again? And what do people do listening to this now if they think, hey, yeah, I do a fair amount of desk work and hunching and driving. What can I do to help that? 
Sure. So I think you're you're absolutely right in that you know our um, our professional we'll say um, lifestyles are are compromising our ability to perform the the athletic type of tasks that we're looking to get involved in later in the day. So for instance, someone like you who sat at the desk podcasting for hours upon time, shoulders become more rounded, chest muscles tend to tighten up, back muscles generally are maybe weak or um, um, not um, functioning as well as they should be. And then you're going from that, I suppose, that less than ideal posture into trying to perform at a task like running that requires you to be very tall, upright, and moving, you know, well through your upper body as well as your lower body. So I guess what we're trying to find is a is a bridge to take you from one to the other. And and often, you know, like an amount of regular mobility work focusing on, I suppose, areas of weakness or tightness, as we done when we looked at your your movement capacity, and being specific to each individual then and their limitations, and trying to improve upon those areas of weakness should normally result in, um, in, in in good things happening when it comes time to, to go out and run. Um, yeah, like Trev and Sonia, I'll bring you in here on this one. We talked about just earlier, we talked about the pick and mix approach to sorting out your running situation, whether it's figuring out what uh, can be changed or figuring out uh, if you're doing something wrong, and Sonia talked about the kind of headless chicken aspect of that, kind of wandering around the world, assuming you're doing stuff wrong and grabbing from pretty much every shelf or every source, whether it's YouTube or Instagram, for answers. That's obviously a big problem that you, Sonia, are seeing and Trevor, you're seeing. Uh, people are oversubscribed with information and making choices that kind of aren't really choices when it comes to fixing things. Like, do you just tell people, first you, Sonia, do you just tell people to just ignore it all, to actually shut down following stuff on YouTube and Instagram and get to somebody like Trevor? No, I don't believe in, you know, having to block things and to cut things out. I mean, I think it's good to have all the knowledge and to be aware of, what's going on around the place but I think you have to stick to your own plan and you know be amused by the rest of the stuff and entertained you know (laughs) and it is it's amusing and entertaining to see what other people are doing if you have your own plan and you believe in your own plan so my thing would be always to write it down what you're going to do and stick to that plan and you know don't be influenced by others and as much as it's nice to go out and have a run with other people and, you know, pick your days to do that. And there are certain days where it's really good to meet up with people and you might even align for a session or even, you know, the, the warm up and the warm down and just to be around people, it can kind of tone down the expectation and the kind of intensity of a session if you're with somebody else who's doing a similar thing. So I think you have to find the balance that is right for you and, and stick to that. And, you know, you don't have to be, you know, oh, I can't do that, you know, because this is what I have to do. But you just have to get a good understanding of the plan that's set out for you and why you're doing it and why you're not kind of just going along with your friend for what they're doing. And, you know, you don't compromise what, 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 what's set out for you to do and you stick to what you're doing. So, Trevor, continuing on from that and to finish off here, and I know it's only been a short chat today and we'll have a proper deep dive later on in the series. Do you find that it is hard when you get clients in and you get somebody in like myself, who is who is a little bit addicted to runner's world and follows way too many running accounts, watches YouTube videos for sport to kind of get through what your assessment is? And to kind of steer them clear of walking out your door and going, right, well, that's one more opinion that I'll throw into the bag and getting them to stick to, right, well, this is the plan, like Sonia said. I think so, Charlotte. Yeah, for sure. And of course, you have to remember that, you know, people that are doing this inordinate amount of research into maybe their their injury or how they're going to get faster, whatever the case may be, they, they, they do it out of motivation. Of course, they want to improve or they want to get, get rid of the injury that they have. And I guess the internet, while it 
can be very helpful in providing us with knowledge. It can be quite overpowering, I think, the amount of information that's out there and also maybe the, the conflicting opinions, depending on where you look. So that can lead to often confusion. So I think the idea of maybe putting more time and investment into, we would say, professionals that we can we can contact within our own community, you know, starting out with the likes of maybe athletics clubs, where we'll find generally, you know, good level of coaches who have an experience in, in the sport. And then furthermore, as we advance into our running careers, I suppose, you know, the, the support that can be offered from like a really good and well-recommended physiotherapist, maybe a local strength and conditioner that might be able to, to point you in the right direction, obviously, from the point of view of injury uh, prevention. So I think maybe staying local and working with those people that we can we can feel find in the community can often be more beneficial than maybe just a scattergun approach that um, we often see on the web, you know. Well, look, Trev, thanks so much for coming on. Train with Trevor on Facebook, Instagram and trainwithtrevor.com if you'd like to get in contact with Trevor and uh, get some advice from him or maybe arrange something like what I have, which was done over Zoom. But I can't tell you and I can't tell the listeners exactly how calming it was to feel uh, the knowledge that Trevor has come to bear on the injury situation that I now find myself in. Uh, Trevor, thank you so much for coming on and we'll talk to you very soon. Great. Looking forward to it, Charlotte. Thank you. So that's Trev. Get on to Trevor Cummins, as I said. But it's time now, of course, for our letters. Letters. We get letters. We get back Yes, the first thing is, Sonia, that we've got a little update on. But you might remember Susan Ryan up in Donegal is raffling off her family home to raise money for Beaumont Hospital. They did it. They actually, they, there was a winner named Robert and they raised £25,000 sterling for Beaumont Hospital. It's an amazing success. Big shout out to Susan for what she's done there. The next one that pops in is from Emma McHenry, an old friend of mine. And she, Sonia, has... Uh, thoroughbred run weekend on the 18th and 20th of June it's a 5k and a 10k and half marathon event taking place and you can you can dig this out quite easily at justrunevents.ie it might be the first in-person event that's taking place in Ireland since 2020 I mean this is a very exciting one and it probably throws up what was your idea for our next event as a group you had a couple of suggestions you said yeah well I've seen another in-person event actually that um, Seamus McAteer was recommending and it was the Down Royal 10k and 5k and we know that's a very fast course because there was a young girl a 12 year old I can't that's I don't right. remember yeah, yeah. and mentioned she it. she ran a world record there yeah. so for anyone who wants to go all the way up to down <laughs> you're from Cork <laughs> or somewhere like that then yeah, that could be an option for a fast race now I now I don't have the date either can you look up Seamus' little yeah. quote there and we can find it maybe yeah. so that event takes place on the 30th of May the entries have been reopened the down royal 10k and 5k entries are limited to keep us within the guidelines to 500 participants so you need to move fast online.ie athleticsni.org is the place to go to find it so that's one option Sonia had you a virtual option for us I do have a virtual option and I actually signed up for this myself last night because it's an event that I've always wanted to do and I'm never at home for it. And it's the Fota Island Virtual Cheetah Run. And this is a five kilometre run and it's run by Eagle Athletic Club. And you can donate to the, the wildlife park in Fota. And I think that's a great idea because so many of these wildlife park and zoos have been impacted by closures throughout the past year and they haven't had people coming in. And, you know, it's one of the most loved in East Cork, down near Cove, anywhere near Cork. You can get there very, very easily. And if you're down all day, you can even go for a run around the park. It's lovely down there. There's lovely trails mm. and um, you can go into the photo house and gardens. And I just think that's a lovely event. It's um, one of these. I Googled it last night and it's on the running events 
IE page, I think. The same same place where the Cove 10 was located. They generally organise lots of events around Ireland throughout the year, but now they've had virtual events recently. And they have what I was attracted to as well, they have a lovely buff, you know, those little fellas that you put around your neck with a cheat on it. So, um, we'll get some gear get out of it as well. Can, Absolutely, you can get some gear too, or you yeah. can get a t shirt or a medal as well, you know. But, um, Absolutely, brilliant. I think the buff is great, and especially as we're kind of you know still needing masks and stuff, they can come in as uh, good emergency uh, accessories uh, when you're out there walking around I'm and, and attending events. I'm looking at it now, it looks great. I really love this one. Let's go for it. Myrunresults.com is where you will find it. The event takes place on Monday, the 7th of June. Let's do it. I will set up the event over in our Strava group and you know you can donate to FOTA of course I would love if you supported my chosen charity partner Jigsaw.ie who always get a shout out on the show for the incredible work that they're doing with young people in Ireland and their mental health Ashling de Maison gets another shout out this week because they are running their raffle for flights we're all keen to get back to Ireland, of course, but the uh, running home competition or runninghome.ie is the place to go if you want to be within a chance for uh, free flights from Aer Lingus back to Ireland. It's only five euros to enter and all funds go to homeless charities. So they're really keen to uh, raise as much as they can. That's runninghome.ie. A special shout out as well to Brian Marr, who people might know from Spin FM. He is running for 24 hours uh, very soon to raise money for the Irish Special Olympics. Brian's a bit of a madman, son. He's mad for a challenge. Justgiving.ie is the place to go to support Brian, you spotted a couple of questions on Strava, did you, Sonia? I did. There was a few questions there and people were talking and it came back down to this whole easy pace thing again. And, you know, running fast and managing your your running and um, just going too hard. So I think, you know, it's like, how do you ignore the notifications on your watch when you're out running? and not be influenced by that when you're running to think that you might be running too slow. Like we're never running too fast. We're always running too slow and we want to go a bit better. And so I would say to turn off the notifications. I know there was a time when I was running and I used to have my watch beeping every kilometer. So you'd be reminded of, you know, what pace you were going per kilometer. And you'd always think you were starting off a bit too slow. I need to get going here. So I would say just like your phone or like my phone, I turn off. I don't have any notifications on my phone at all. In fact, my phone goes around on silent most of the day. And I think the same with your watch. I think you should pick a route that you want to go on, run around and then look at your. I mean, I love to I I like I would never tell someone, you know, don't use your watch and don't use the, you know, the, the Garmin app and the Strava because I love to see the maps afterwards when you come back. I think that's great. But just don't get too obsessed with the statistics and the breakdown of your kilometers because every kilometer is different, you know, and there's a reason why one might be slower or faster than the other. And just accept it for what it is and think about how you feel is the the key thing. And, you know, if you're going for an easy run, that means easy how you feel, not easy or what your watch is telling you. Well, you know, uh, would think, that count as uh, Sonia's tip of the week? Because that to me is uh, is super solid. I mean, I really <laughs> think we're all a bit obsessed with getting notifications. And even if we all as a group took a week of turning off the notifications, let us know how you get on and if it helps you or if it makes you enjoy your running a bit better. That might not be the worst experiment to do with a thousand plus people, because I took this tip off you a while ago. And I swear I saw an instant improvement in my headspace when running. The lack of bleeps and the lack of, you know what it is? It's the anticipation of the beep that is nearly worse than the beep (laughs) itself. You're running along and you're never actually in the moment you are on the run. You're constantly looking for the next notification or analysing the previous. So would that count as Sonia's tip of the week? That can be a tip of the week. I think it's it's a good one and and it's worth giving it a go. 
Tip of the week. 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 It's Sonia's tip of the week. Unfortunately, we're out of time, Sonia. But needless to say, I and my a little update on my stress reaction situation is that I'm not feeling any pain in it now. And really what Trevor and Sonia have been advising and helping me with is actually not getting too cocky and excited in that moment (laughs) and taking this week as kind of my final week of not running whatsoever. Am I right in saying that the the plan from here is get out some vigorous walking this week, still on the bike, and hopefully next week get some light jogging in? Is that possible? Yeah, that could be about right. I have a return to running program, so I'll get that ready for next week. And then if you feel you're ready for it, then we can give it a go or else we can just talk about talk about it and get it ready for the following week. So we, we'll assess your fast walking after this week and not quite up to Robert Heffernan speeds now, just, you know, a good uh, what would you call it? A uh, a good strong walk or a good, um, not exactly a power walk, or, yeah. uh, but, you know, just just with a bit of purpose. You know, you're not dawdling along and looking at your phone and uh, yeah. you go out there and you go for a decent walk just to, to see how you're feeling. And um, I would think every second day it would oh. be good to do that. And then and then any time at all that you feel like going for a bike ride hop on the bike and when the hailstones have stopped um you can get out there and uh, just it's just it's i always think when you go on the bike it's a nice feeling of freedom and and you actually feel like you're going fast you know Mm. when when you especially when you're unable to go fast or at any pace running to be able to go out on the bike and to feel the speed and the wind through your hair is it's just a nice refreshing and Lovely feeling. Well, uh, I really do appreciate it. And I really do appreciate all the help. I have to say a special thank you to you. A special thank you to everyone who's been in touch and been so unbelievably encouraging during this really difficult and weird phase. But you know what? It is part and parcel of actually being a runner. And I think I've come to understand that it, it it's not the worst thing. And that, as Trevor pointed out to me a couple of days ago, that the lessons learned through injury are ones that will stay with you much more so than somebody wagging their finger on you. Be careful. The things that I've learned over the last six weeks off, I I will never forget. So if you are experiencing injury and you're going through the head troubles that I've had in the last month or so, I'm with you and we're all with you and the support of the Strava group, the Irishman Running Abroad Strava group is really something special. So if you have a concern or there's something you want to talk about, pop it in the group there and I guarantee you'll find a supportive and constructive answer. Brian Connolly is on production. Tina and Mikey make it all possible. Trevor Cummins was our guest this week. And Sonia, look, take care. And next week, I guess we'll we'll have a, be- a deeper discussion about more unusual the training Uh, that's taking place up there with you and your athletes. It's been a challenging episode, Sonia, it has to be said. The listeners will (laughs) never know how challenging this episode has been technology wise, but we got there in the end. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was good to chat and I'm I'm glad we finally got it all together. (laughs) We got there in the end. Yeah, thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Stop and stare as I zone out The club ain't even
people in the party till I can't no more. 